Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VDW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Good morning, and welcome to Storms Creek Missionary Baptist Church's Sunday morning radio program. This morning we'll be joining Pastor Kenny Hurst as we once again open the scriptures and study God's Word. Okay, this morning we are going to be in the book of James, chapter 1. And what I want to do is read to you verses 16 through 18. Do not err, my beloved brethren. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Of his own will begat he us with the word of truth, that we should be a kind of firstfruits of his creatures. I want to focus especially on the words that we see in verse 17 where James writes about every good gift and every perfect gift. Three uh, many examples that we can look at it talk about how that God is good and these Psalms talk about the fact that because God is good he can be trusted. Goodness is one of the attributes of God. You see not only does God do good and not only does God give good gifts But God is good. It's in his character. It's part of who he is. Anything that is considered good in this world comes from God. Now, we know that uh, men can do good deeds, but men were not naturally good. In fact, Jesus said, you who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more does your Father in heaven give that which is good. Even the most hardened criminals can give good gifts, but they're not naturally good. But God, not only does he give good gifts, but he is good. He's good in his very nature. Wayne Grudem says the goodness of God means that God is the final standard of good, and all that God is and does is worthy of approval. Luke chapter 18 and verse 17, no one is good but God alone. This is Jesus speaking. The final standard of good rests in God. I think of what someone has said about God's goodness. It says goodness is whatever God approves of and evil is whatever he disapproves. So what I want to do this morning is I want to focus on this simple but glorious truth. And that is the fact that God is good. And when we finish this message, I just want you to be uh, in praise. And I want you just to um, acknowledge the fact that God is good. He's a good God. And he always does that which is good. 
Friends, whenever we find ourselves doubting this, you can rest assured that we're being influenced, we're being enticed by the evil one, by Satan, because he doesn't want us to think of God as being good. He wants us to doubt God's goodness and his love. In fact, if you go back to Genesis chapter 3, there when Satan was able to convince Eve that God wasn't good. He cast doubt on God's goodness and his love to bed. Let them go out whenever they want to go out. Let them go over where they want to go. If children have no restrictions upon them, that's not a sign of love. No, it's just the opposite of that. That's unloving. That's the most cruel thing a parent could do is put restrictions on their children and just let them do what they want to do. Well, see, God has put restrictions on us. But those restrictions are an evidence that he is good and he wants only what is for our best. So as we look at this passage from James this morning, when we sin, we are responsible for the sins that we commit. We can't accuse God and say God is the one who is to blame because God is holy and good and God doesn't entice anyone to do evil or to sin. And then when we get to verses 17 and 18, which we're going to look at this morning, we see another warning. That is, not only does God not lead us to do evil, to do that which is sinful, but in fact, is worthy of approval. Now, if you go back to the first 12 verses of chapter 1, you'll notice that God does bring trials and testings and difficulties into our lives. But it's not for an evil purpose. It's for our good. So what James would say is don't be deceived. Even these testings and trials that we go through are for our good. It's because God loves us and he's working out everything for our good. I think of the Old Testament patriarch Job. You know, the first two chapters of the book of Job just kind of set the scene for the entire book. And we're told there that Satan is given permission by God to go forth and to attack Job. Well, although Satan is the one who attacked him, he's only able to do so as God permits him to. See, God is the one who is allowing this and he is only to go as far as God permits him to go. And God had a reason for permitting Satan to attack Job. In fact, when you get to Job chapter 2 and verse 10, Job, as he speaks to his wife, says, You speak as one of the foolish women speak. What? Shall we receive good at the hand of God, and shall we not receive evil? And even the evil that he talks about here, when you get to the end of the book of Job, that evil really turns out to be for Job's ultimate good. So what we see here then is James warning his listeners and warning us today, never ever think that God would tempt man to sin, that God entices people to sin, that he is responsible for sin. No, just the opposite of that. God is good and everything God does is good. So that's kind of setting the scene then for what we're going to look at in verses 17 and 18. So in verse 17, it says, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. Here, James uses two different Greek words to describe God's good gifts. First of all, he says, every good gift. Good there means an intrinsic good, an inherent good. 
It's just because it comes from a God who is good and only can do that, which is good. And then the second word there, perfect gift. Perfect there has the idea of being complete, of being useful, of being beneficial. So when you put these two together, you can see that everything God gives us, He does because He is good in His nature, and everything He gives us is it's useful, it's beneficial, it's for our good. No matter how you look at it, our God is a giving God. No one can outgive God. And what God gives, what He gives to His children, it's always useful. It's beneficial, and it's for our good. Now, what you notice as James goes on there, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, meaning it's, it's from God. Its origin is with God. Now, notice these next words, and cometh down from the Father of lights. These good and perfect gifts, they come down from the Father. The phrase there, come down, it's in the present tense. The reason I would even point that out is it carries the idea of a continual action. That these good gifts that God gives, they don't just come sporadically. They don't just come occasionally. They don't come one day and maybe next week or next month again. No, God's good gifts are continually flowing down from above. He gives and He gives and he keeps on giving. When I think of this, I think of uh, Israel in the, in the when they had just come out of Egypt and as they're wandering in the, in the wilderness. We know that for 40 years, God continually fed them with manna. Every day, they would go out and they would collect the manna. For 40 years, they, God continually gave them this good gift. He gave them food. The only day they didn't collect was on the Sabbath, and they didn't have to because on the previous day, God had given enough for two days. And so as God continually poured out the manna upon the children of Israel, without stopping, you could say that God continually pours out His blessings upon His people without stopping. Oh, friends, it's so important that we understand this. And this should cause us to continually praise our good and our gracious Father. And the reason I say that is because, well, we're not worthy. We're not worthy of these good gifts that He gives us. No, He gives these good gifts independent of any merit on our part. And then James finishes up that verse, verse 17, with saying with whom is no variableness and shadow, neither shadow of turning. So here we see him as he refers to another attribute of God. Not only is God good, but God is immutable. And, and we'll see here in a minute how important that is for us, the fact that God not only is good, but he is immutable, meaning that his goodness never changes. But I want to notice, first of all, he talks about God being the father of lights. I think that just means that he is the creator. He is the one who has given light. He is the giver of light. All light originates with God, whether you're talking about physical light or you're talking about spiritual light. 
They both come from God. In Genesis chapter 1, light is the first gift that God gives there in that chapter as God creates. And then later on, he gives more light when he gives us the sun, the moon, and the stars. So these are all part of God's good gifts that he's given in creation. But I would warn you that we need to keep in mind that God isn't part of his creation. The sun, moon, and stars are not part of who God is. No, God is uh, separate. He's independent of his creation. The sun and moon and stars have been created by him, but they're not part of him. That's why the sun and moon and stars, that's why creation itself is not to be worshipped. Only God is. We know that throughout history and even today there are those who will worship the sun and the moon and the stars. Well, they're just that which God has created for our benefit. You know, these sources of light, when you think about the sun or the moon and the stars, they change and they're going to eventually fade away. But God doesn't change. You know, we live in a changing world. I mean, there's change all around us. We look at our bodies as we get older. We can see there are changes taking place. You know, we can look back at when we were younger. We can look back 30, 40, 50, 60 years ago and look at pictures of ourselves and look at ourselves now. And we have to admit a drastic change has taken place. Because our bodies are in the process of always changing. When we think about the music that we listen to or the clothing that we wear, music changes, style of clothes change. You look at our society. I mean, look at the things that are going on in our nation today. You know, 10 years ago, we would have never thought that these things would be happening. There is a drastic change that is taking place, and it seems like it's taking place every day. Our society, our world is in a constant state of change. But friends, God doesn't change. He never changes. He is good. He's good today. He'll be good tomorrow. He'll be good next week. He'll be good a month from now, a year from now, ten years from now, a hundred years from now. Ten trillion years from now. I mean, you can just keep going as high as you can go. For all eternity, God will never cease from being good. Just think about that for a second. God will always be good and do good. Now, we know people who at one time, we would call them Good. They were, they were kind-hearted people. But as they got older, maybe just because of old age or maybe some sickness that they went through, all of a sudden they became more, well, grouchy, more mean. Now, often it's things that are out of their control. They really can't help it. It's just the changes their body are going through. But they were kind. They were good at one time, and it seems like they have changed. We talk about people sometimes being moody. You know, one day they're happy and the next day they're sad. One day they're real 
talkative, and the next day they will hardly say a word. You know, their moods just go up from day to day, or even sometimes from hour to hour. You just don't know. We call them moody. I mean, maybe maybe you're that way sometime, where you just have different moods that you get into. And like I said, sometimes you're in an upbeat mood, and sometimes you're not. Well, rest assured, God is not moody. God never has a bad day, never in a bad mood. God's immutable. He's always the same. Speaking of light, God being the Father of light, talking about the sun, moon, and stars. You know, the sun always shines. Even on a cloudy day, the sun is still shining. I remember one of the first times that I flew as we left Tri-State Airport. I remember it being just a a cloudy, gloomy day, even maybe a, a light rain. Couldn't see the sun. Got in the airplane and just as the plane took off and after a few minutes time as we soared through the clouds, all of a sudden there was a brightness that came into the plane that's so bright we had to put down the shade there in the plane. What happened? Well, we went through the clouds and we, the sun was shining. It was shining all, the, all along. It's just we couldn't see it because of the clouds. And I say that because I think for us, even on those cloudy days, even on those times when our life is difficult, filled with trouble and trials, just remember this, friend. God is still good. Just like the sun is always shining. And we can trust Him to always be good and always do good. Because He doesn't change. Romans 8, verse 28 We know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. And then secondly, I want you to notice God's goodness displayed. Just let me take a minute here and just go through some of the ways that God's goodness is displayed and some of the good gifts that he gives us for our benefit. John chapter 14 and verse 16 talks about the giving of the Holy Spirit. I will pray to the Father and He will give you another comforter. It's talking about the Spirit of God. Same chapter, John 14 and verse 27. He gives peace. Peace I leave you. Peace I give unto you. In Romans 12 and Ephesians 4, 1 Corinthians 12, 1 Peter, all of these chapters talk about spiritual gifts, which are that which our good God gives us so that we can faithfully Serve him. In Matthew chapter 5 and verse 45, Jesus talks about material gifts that God gives. And he gives these to all men, not just to those who are his children, but even those who are in rebellion against him. He says he causes the sun to rise on the evil and the good. He sends the rain on the just and the unjust. In Romans 6 and verse 23, the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. God gives us eternal life. Now, when I say eternal life, that just doesn't mean that man, we're going to live forever. Because all mankind, saved or unsaved, are going to live for all eternity. Though the idea of eternal life means abundant life. A, a joy-filled life. Life in the presence of God with all those things he's prepared for his children. 
Just being with Him and knowing Him. That's eternal life. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. Whosoever believeth on Him should not perish but have everlasting life. See, He gave His Son. And here then in James, He says that of His own will begat He us with the word of truth. So, He has given us not only His Son, but He gives us well, he gives us life. See, here's really another attribute of God. And that is the fact that God is omnipotent. He's able to give us life. He shows his great power. He's good. He doesn't change. And he is able to give us what we need most. In fact, the most useful, beneficial gift that God can give is the gift of the new birth, of regeneration. He said not only is God the father of Lights, father of creation, but he is also the father of believers, the father of a new creation. It says of his own will, he begat us. Word begat there means to bring forth, describes the process of giving birth. God gives physical and spiritual life, and he does this freely of his own will, giving depraved, wicked, vile, rebellious sinners. New life. And then doing this, he displays his goodness of his own will. God wasn't forced, wasn't compelled. No, he did this. He did this out of his own good pleasure. Certainly, it wasn't prompted by anything that he saw in any of us that would cause him to do this. God, who is good and who is merciful, and deals with us in goodness and mercy in spite of who we are because God is good. You know, the Bible is clear. Salvation is of the Lord because of His goodness. You and I contribute nothing. Not one single thing. Even the faith and repentance that we are to exercise, the Bible says, are gifts from God. Now back in verses 14 and 15, James has already set forth the fact that sin doesn't come from outside of us. It doesn't come from our circumstances or our environment. No, it comes from within. It comes from our own depraved, sinful nature. Friends, we need a new heart, which only God can give, and He does, in the new birth. We need life, which we cannot give ourselves. Just as I had absolutely nothing to do with my physical birth. And neither did you. Well, likewise, I have nothing to do with the new birth, this new life that God has given me. Then how do we receive it? How did it happen? James tells us with the word of truth. Now, you have to notice the contrast between verse 15 and verse 18. In verse 15, he talks about sin begatting or giving birth, not to life, but to death. And then here in verse 18... The Word of God begets the same Word, life, eternal life. Why do we preach the Word? Why do we preach the Gospel? Because it's the means, the only means of life, spiritual life, eternal life. Can someone be saved apart from the Word of God? And the answer to that is absolutely not. The Spirit uses the Word of God 
to beget, to bring about new life. First Peter chapter 1 and verse 23 says, Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. It's that word of God. In chapter 2, he says, Wherefore laying aside all malice and all guile and hypocrisies and envies and all evil speakings, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, that you may grow thereby, if so be that you've tasted that the Lord is gracious. See, do we have any part in this new birth? Well, we're to proclaim the gospel. That's our part. We preach the gospel. And that's the means that God uses to give life. And then finally, he talks about the purpose for why God does this. He says that we would be a first fruits. We would be a first fruits. This comes from the Old Testament. It describes the first portion of the grain harvest. It belonged to God. It was an indication of a greater harvest that was yet to come. Well, Christians, we belong to God. We are of His family. We're the first evidence of God's new creation. And our new life is a foretaste of a future glory that we will share one day with our good God. See, God's goodness, His purpose in saving people is to bring them into His family and shape them into the image of His own Son. So, as we close this morning, friends, God is good. If you're saved, it's only because God is good. It's only because of His goodness. It's not because of anything that you've done. It's not because you deserve it. It's simply because He's good. And His goodness to you will continue for all eternity. If you're not saved, God is still good to you. The fact you're still alive today is an evidence that God is good. All the material blessings that you enjoy are a testimony to God's goodness. But friends, His goodness is not going to last forever. In fact, His goodness should terrify you. The reason I say that is because God is good and you're not. And because you're not good, that means that one day if you die and you die in your sin, you die apart from the Lord Jesus Christ, then this good God, who only does what is right, will eternally sentence you and eternally judge you for your sins. What you need to do is put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ and receive Him as your Lord and as your Savior. Today, may you look to Christ. May you trust Him and realize that God's greatest act of goodness, the greatest evidence of His goodness, is that He gave His Son to die on the cross for all those who will put their faith and trust in Him. So may you look to Christ today. May you receive Him as your Lord and as your Savior. We'd like to thank you for listening to our program this morning. We pray that God has used this message to draw you closer to Him. Storms Creek Missionary Baptist Church would like to take this opportunity to invite you to any of its services. We have a Sunday school which starts at 9.30 a.m., Sunday morning worship, 10.15, and our Sunday evening service starts at 6 p.m. We also have a Wednesday night Bible study which starts at 7.30 p.m. Storms Creek Missionary Baptist Church is also on the Internet 
under sermonaudio.com. You can go to www.sermonaudio, look for Storms Creek Missionary Baptist Church, and listen to any of our sermons in full-length audio at the site. Again, we'd like to thank you for listening this morning, and may God bless you throughout the week. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.